in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode number four, Fourth Down in the Steel City. And there's all kinds of breaking news, baby. The biggest news across the world, maybe even. Not just the NFL, but across the world, Colin Dunlap, Chris Boswell signs an extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Uh, let's go. I, I say I don't like it. And I say that don't allocate that much to any kicker. And here's why. This is going to be short-sighted take. Everybody's going to rip it apart. But who was Chris Boswell before they signed Chris Boswell? Who was Jeff Reed before they signed Jeff Reed? I'm not saying these guys are a dime a dozen. But unless you're Justin Tucker, and he's close, I guess, some people think. But um, that's a lot of money, especially when I think you might have other needs. I think that's a fair take. I'll disagree, though. I do think that it's an undervalued position in the league if you have one of the very best, and I think that they do. If he wasn't a top three kicker, and I think he is, I wouldn't spend the money. But he's almost automatic. He's not Justin Tucker. He's a notch below, as is everyone. But he takes coaching out of the hands of Mike Tomlin. He takes coaching out of the hand of the offensive coordinator. And anytime you can just say, kick the damn thing, instead of, oh, now we're faking this, or now we're going to go for it on a fourth and four, ah, I'm all for it. Plus, we saw Mitch Trubisky, nice young man, third in the league in quarterback rating 2018. He loses a playoff game because the kicker can't make one. I like it. It's still not that much money. It's a lot of money for a kicker. It's not that much money. I think it's a ton of money for a kicker. And I think a lot of people forget. And again, I can understand. What are you drinking, by the way? I knew that was going to be a question. That's a iced coffee, my friend. Sure it is. Uh, so um, we're not all far that removed from the owner of this football team saying that the kicker needs to get a lot better. Now, he did. So in fairness, he did get better. But right after he got paid last time, he got a lot worse. I guess they're going to take their chances that that doesn't happen this time. That being said, I and it's not Boswell-centric. It really isn't. It is, I hesitate to give that amount of money to any kicker because they simply went out and found Chris Boswell last mm-hmm. time. No, sure. And you can find him. You absolutely can find him, and they have found him. But we did see the one time where they didn't have a guy, and you had Josh Scobie rolling in there, and, I mean, it was bad. It yeah, oh, even last year, Baldy McGrain or whatever the hell the guy's name was, you rolled him out there. He was five foot nothing, couldn't kick the ball. If if the end zone, if the twenty was the end zone, he still wouldn't have a touchback. I mean, so we saw how that worked. He was, I, Colin. I'll tell you what. I would pay a kicker five million dollars a year before I paid T.J. Watt's stupid brother, who was the guy in the Subway commercial, and that's just about it. Two and a half million dollars any day. Like, I think a kicker is much more valuable on the roster than a guy like that if you're not going to use the guy like that. So maybe they can make my dreams come true. Okay. Pay the and cut that guy. There's one finite pool of money, especially in a capped league, right? That happens. No question about that. 
So people will say, well, forget about TJ Watt, brother's contract, uh, Derek Watt. That's already signed. It's already sealed and delivered. When there's one finite pool of money, people can make the claim and will make the claim. He's taken some of Deontay Johnson's money. Sure. And that's an understandable line for people that say, well, this is why I wouldn't sign the kicker. I'd go in on the cheap on a kicker. I'd let Boswell play it out, go lame duck season, and I'd allocate some of those funds to go to Deontay Johnson. So I, I can understand that. Tech. Again, I think Boswell's good, really good. But in a cap league, you kind of – you can't get everybody you want, and that's the design of it. And you kind of have to rank positions. Um, I, I just – I got kicker really low. I do. But your point is well taken in this, and here's where I will concede a little bit. The Steelers by design in the past, and even more so now, I think, are due to play a whole hell of a lot of close football games. Oh, no doubt. And the last time the Steelers, well, before last year, won as many one-score games as they did was when they were 13-3 and in 2017 when Boswell made five kicks at the gun. If he misses a couple of those, I mean, well, the outcome's largely the same because they didn't win the Super Bowl that year or even advance in the playoffs. But, I mean, we're talking about not winning the division then, and there's a very fine line in this league. I did a study, if you will, a little work. I guess whatever you want to call it, about three years ago, I did like five years, and I calculated all the one-score games. It's like 43% of NFL games are one-score games. So, kicker, it is important, but I understand your point, too, about the allocation of dollars. Colin, I love what we just did there, though. A total zig when the sports world zagging, my man, because Deshaun Watson – this clown got suspended for six games, and here we are talking about the kicker. So before we get into any of the specifics with Deshaun Watson, your thoughts just on how this all went down. And I should say, you don't want to date the podcast, but Roger Goodell has yet to make a decision on whether or not this is going to be appealed before making these comments. Yeah, right. Um, you know, we're making these comments on uh, about six o'clock, about dinner time on Monday night. Everything's an evolution with this story. I'll say this. This goes to show the power of the professional athlete and your vocation. If you read that 15-page complaint or the 15-page letter that was the judge sent out, uh, Sue Robinson sent out, right? And it was a guy down the street who was a plumber. You think he was a scumbag and a sexual predator. If you took identity and vocation out of it, which was an NFL quarterback, an NFL player, and uh, what he did and his salary. If you took vocation and salary and name out of it, and you just said, okay, here's a guy who lives a street over, you'd say, that's a deviant. He's a sexual predator. And so do I have control over what his employer has to say? No, because I don't work there and I'm not his boss. But that being said, it sure as heck is skewed the way we look at, and I'm not breaking any news here, people of big acclaim, people of high acclaim, and people with a lot of money that are NFL quarterbacks. But if you just look at, and I'm, this isn't the part that is up for debate. These are the findings, right? If you look at the hardcore findings in this, you say, at very best, what is established is this guy's like King Herbert, who probably committed a crime yeah and sue l robinson agrees with everything you just said 
and yet only levied a six-game suspension. Like I read a lot of what she put together, Colin, and it read like it should be a full-season suspension. It was very odd. Her decision was not matching up with the verbiage that was used in, I don't know if, what you want to call it, her rundown, her dossier, whatever. It was, she said this was as egregious of acts as they've seen in similar categories going back, looking at what they've dealt with in the NFL. And yet he only gets a six-game suspension. She also brought up that there was sexual assault committed that might not have been, quote-unquote, sexual assault by the court of law, but sexual assault as pertained in the CBA. Okay, but she also then said it was nonviolent which I think sexual assault is, I mean, it's a, it's violent in any form. I, I think whenever it's unwanted, correct? Or it's, co- it's coercive at the very least. So her words did not match up with the decision to me, Collins. Very odd. Yeah, I don't, I, I just, I don't understand. You know, it's a simple application of this sort of phrase, but the punishment doesn't fit the crime, so to speak. And I just, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for all of this because when they said six games, I anticipated the narrative whenever I started reading through these 15 pages to be, okay, people got it all wrong. But it wasn't that people had it all wrong. It was the application of what she saw, and then the punishment that fit was just (laughs) incredibly light. Yes, no doubt about that. And our colleague, Paul Zeiss, writes for the Post-Gazette and does the show in the evening. You know, he made it out this morning – to to be Deshaun Watson was somewhat vindicated in this process, not totally, but somewhat vindicated. But upon now reading what Robinson found, I mean, there's there's not a lot of vindication going on here. And the Cleveland Browns released a statement. I'm not going to read it here. It's a podcast. I they used the word triggered, though. I believe. Yeah, they sure did, and I think that's. I mean, they they did themselves no favors at any point during this entire process up to and including now this statement, Colin, which used the word triggered and also mentioned that Deshaun Watson has showed remorse when the last time Deshaun Watson spoke, he denied, 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 and showed absolutely zero remorse. So you brought it up today, but Jimmy and and D Haslam, boy, they can kick rocks and pound sand. It just, it goes to show that NFL players aren't, they have been dehumanized it, not just by fans and not just by people that uh, take in these games and watch them on television or go to them. They're dehumanized by their employers as people mm. to simply go out and try to and be a vehicle for them to make money. I mean, that that's what it is. Like, do they care about Deshaun Watson, the person? Do they care about Deshaun Watson uh, and what he is as a man or whatever? Like, I don't. But you would think his employer doesn't. They don't. They care about Deshaun Watson going out and trying to maximize their earnings potential, the Haslam's do. And that's very obvious here. And they don't care. Uh, from a fan standpoint, it seems like the city of Cleveland has their back and the Browns fans have their back. We have taken and made these guys robots in a way, whenever, both in good and bad, you know? And it's really, it's a study in, and it's what we do. So, we shouldn't be in the business of saying sports sucks and it's awful because there's so many great people in sports Absolutely. and so many good things that come out of sports. But this is such a detachment of how even a quasi-legal proceeding like this has detached 
morality and has detached humanity from the athlete and how it's applicated and how it's applied, I should say, to general people. It's like they live in a different stratosphere, these sports figures do, that aren't the same as Common Joe. And to my parallel, if this was a guy down the street and you knew exactly the same thing, you'd say, don't go anywhere near that dude's house. He's a scumbag. And now 70,000 people are going to be filing in the stadiums to watch this guy throw a football around. I have long said to that point, the NFL just never should have gotten to the morality's business. The, the NFL never should have suspended a single player for an off-the-field action unless there were legitimate criminal charges filed. And I'm not saying any of these accusations from any of these women aren't legitimate. That's not my point. My point is, it's a sports league. I mean, I've always thought, you want to use steroids? F it. Use steroids. Entertain me. You want to smoke weed, Martavis? Smoke weed. Catch a ball between your butt cheeks, right? That's what he did in that playoff game against Cincinnati. Entertain me. I've long thought the NFL should just stay out of this. All of this. And I think this is illustrating exactly why. Because they thought they were doing everything right. You got a federal judge appointed. They've got somebody that's supposed to be impartial making the decisions. And yet... The league is still totally under fire because you can't win. It's always going to be too little to some. It's always right. going to be too many to others. Let me ask you this question. How many Browns, let's take a percentage, one to a hundred. How many Browns fans do you think one to a hundred have to reconcile their fandom and wake up tomorrow after, after digesting some of this and say, you know what? I can't do it anymore. Or I can't do it to the degree that I did it before. Cause this guy's still on the team. Cause I'd like to say I, but I bet it's around like 8%. I, I was going to say 2%. I just think wow. it's, man, it's tribalism. It's identity politics, but it's wrapped up in that stupid ass logo of Cleveland Browns football. And it's the, it's the way it is everywhere too. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, we saw the send off he got and, Hey, I don't know what happened with Ben Roethlisberger. I know I never liked the man personally before or after that incident from the things that I had heard. And I know I always felt weird rooting for the guy, but I'll be damned whenever he threw touchdowns if I didn't stand up and clap. And I think that that's what's going to happen with Browns fans too. I just think even the ones today, Colin, that may say, I'm done, it's over, goodbye. Boy, they start winning football games. Uh, the weather starts to change a little bit. They start passing around some Great Lakes beverages. I don't think many Browns fans are swapping allegiances here. I don't. No, it's it's a fascinating study. It really is. But no way, no way when I woke up this morning did I think we'd be talking about a six-game suspension. I thought at least to be double digits. Me too, brother. Should we have fun next? Yes, let's do that. Because sexual assault talk, not fun. No fun we promise in-depth conversations matchup breakdown analysts on every game everything a Steelers fan could want this is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap Fourth down in the Steel City, segment two, episode four. How long before I start losing track of segments and episodes? I was wondering that. Like, let's say this goes on in perpetuity. Will it be 15 years from now and we'll be sitting here and you go, this is episode, like I said, like Survivor, you know, episode 
239, episode, whatever, season 916. You know, it's, but I like it for now. Let's go. Let's go. It's so fun. You promised fun. Where's this F-U-N, pal? All right. So I'm watching a show right now called Alone. Have you seen this show? I don't think I've brought you up to speed as to this. Oh, boy. Other than live sports, which I watch the games I'm supposed to watch, right? And I'll turn it on here. Though. I will watch, like, YouTube cams of, like, underwater fish. I will watch. I am the ultimate reality show person in that I would rather watch a camera affixed to the top of Las Vegas Boulevard or a camera affixed to um, Venice in Italy and watch people walking around than watch anything with actors in it. I, I don't watch movies. I don't like sitcoms. I don't like anything with actors in it. Hardly at all. I've maybe seen front to back 10 movies in my whole life. Holy cow. I knew you were low on the amount of movies you've watched. I didn't know it sat around 10. But yeah. you have the ones that you love. Like Goodfellas, you were all about the other day. Uh, yes. RIP guy who passed away, whose name I forget. That's very nice of me. Okay, well, this show alone, just to, let right, me, alone. Tell me about alone. Up the speed. What they do, they drop off people, they, the show, drop off people in the wilderness, in a rainforest in Vancouver, Washington. And whoever can survive in the forest alone, the longest wins $500,000. Uh, there's nobody with them. They're all by themselves. Yes. See, they did this. There's guys that went to my high school, they're the Kiefer brothers. And they did something like this with these guys, but they worked together. Like they were together and it was on one of these outdoors shows. They got big beards and stuff. These two guys, um, I went to high school with them. They were hockey players, super good guys. Um, but this was like, they dropped them off in Alaska and they had to like salmon fish and do all kinds of stuff like that. But it wasn't a competition. They just documented. So you're telling me they dropped these people off. How many miles apart are kind of in the same? Do they cross paths? They're not supposed to cross paths. They're like, there's mountain ranges between each of them. It's over like a wide swath of territory, like 20 miles. I do think at some point they're going to cross paths, but that's an aside. All right. What's the question? Who, who would win? Who? What Pittsburgh sports figure would win? Which Steeler do you think has the best shot? How long do you think you would last in the woods? Oh, well, Kiesel's retired or he absolutely That's the guy. Is is the guy remember jared allen the old uh the old linebacker or not linebacker defensive lineman for the vikings that guy was always in a tree stand like he was either in a tree stand or in an nfl facility you remember he walked off into the sunset in his retirement video right that guy (laughs) yes he was uh what's current stealer duck hodges would have been good would have been good it would be somebody who went to a southern school or a mountain school so I'm going a guy like Hassenauer, you know, someone oh. like that who hunts or fishes or something of the such. Mason Rudolph may not be a bad choice, by the way, in all of this because of where he's from and all of that. He may be a little too pretty to kind of do it real Spartan like that. I'm going to go Hassenauer. Also, maybe uh, Raider. Might not be a terrible choice. Look at you. This is, I did not warn you about the topic here, and you've just destroyed it, hit it out of the park. I think those guys might be okay. 
Uh, again, you have to have either a Southern guy or a mountain guy. Raiders neither, but I think he's kind of outdoorsy a little bit. Hassenauer is my pick. I think Hassenauer is my guy. I think Alex Highsmith would just eat things alive. Like he would, mm-hmm. he would wrestle a bear to the ground, bite out its jugular, and there you right. go. All right, as far as how long I would last, yes. that was the second. As long as it would take me to walk to the nearest hotel. <laughs> I would, brother, I would last. They would drop me off, and before they turned the boat around, I'd be like, I'm out. Like 500K, no no freaking chance. Or I would die. I mean, I would die. Like There were bears in the woods. There were coyotes. There were wolves. I would be so freaking dead. So dead. As with Mason Rudolph, by the way. I've seen pressure in that guy's face. He can't even handle Miles Garrett or Earl Thomas. He's dead in, the, in a week. More yeah, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, no go. No go with the pressure on him. J.C. Hassenauer, I'm, I'm deci- that, there we are. That's my decision, J.C. Hassenauer. Final answer. Kenny Pickett, Colin, on Monday got snaps with the second team. He got a few in team drills. He got a few in seven shots. Is this now a quarterback competition where Kenny Pickett is allowed to participate? I also read where Mike Tomlin said, we're going to do this from time to time. Yes. It's the last time we're going to do it. I think that Kenny Pickett, in he deserves as much. His team deserves as much. The situation deserves as much. You need to see him with people of like talent, and you need to see him with guys of better caliber to get a true gauge on what he is. They are going to start to put Kenny Pickett into real situations to see him thrive. And if he's awful, that's on him. If he's standard or above average, then that looks very good for the organization. I think they understand as an organization where the optics are right now, and it's kind of like, hey, by the way, uh, we drafted this guy in the first round. Maybe it's time to show everybody why, at least just a little sprinkle. So I think we're going to start to see more and more and more of this. But I do believe that it's going to be a slow curve as opposed to a very steep uphill curve like Pig Hill. Clearly. Clearly it's going to be slow. I'm okay with there being any progress, though, because I was a little bit worried that he was going to get stapled to the third spot. Maybe me scoozy, maybe a little shame on me here because I – Took it through four days of practice as it was some sort of gospel that he was locked into the third spot. Maybe he will wind up in the third spot. That will wind up being on him, I think, if he is calling. But he always needed to be part of the competition. Not the illusion of the competition, but actually the competition. The Steelers, they had Sean Davis taking snaps at nickel corner, a second-round pick his rookie year. Javon Hargrave was playing. Artie Burns was playing his rookie year. The list goes on. I picked three players, two of which were bad for a reason there. Rookie quarterback, or rookie players picked in the first round, rookies in general in this day and age, they've got to play. And if they're not going to play, they've got to be given a shot. It would not have been the right thing for the organization to do, not by a long shot, if Kenny Pickett was not given an opportunity. And now we're starting to see that trickle in the right direction. Yeah, Kenny Pickett doesn't have to win anything. He just needs to tie. A draw is a win for him. If he draws and ties as the second quarterback, it's a TKO and a victory for him because the organization is going to give him X amount of points to just because of where he was drafted over Mason Rudolph. Like that's that's fact as far as I'm concerned, or at least the way that it looks. It's yeah. kind of like when you go to become a policeman is, is my understanding. If you served in the military, you get X amount of points to start with on the entrance exam. 
You know what I mean? As opposed to just some guy walking off the street. Kenny Pickett gets X amount of points on his in his strive to be the backup quarterback by virtue of being a first round pick that Mason yeah. Rudolph doesn't get. That makes a lot of sense. It's like AP credit in high school. Yeah. Just you roll it over. <laughs> Should Mason Rudolph start with negative credits? Um, yeah, because we know what he's done in the regular season, and I've seen it, and I just it's not good. It isn't. I honestly do think they have everybody fooled right now. And there's a yeah. lot of scuttlebutt. There's a lot of talk. Everybody's talking. This is a cons- – whenever Mike Tomlin gets in the room with uh, this Mike Sullivan and with Matt Canada and even with Art and with Omar, they all go, you guys know we're just boosting his trade value, right? Like, you understand we're just doing this. And Dulac can talk about what he wants. And then Goofs on the Fan Morning Show can talk about what they want, and Pony especially. All those guys can talk about what they want. Mason Rudolph's got no chance. We got the whole city fooled, and we're just trying to – this is like showcasing an outfielder when you're 30 games back and giving them a couple starts on a baseball team. They're doing that. I firmly now believe that, that that's what they're doing, and that's what they're going to do through the whole preseason with Mason Rudolph. They are just trying to get even one more round of a trade out of him from six to fifth. Uh, that That's what they're doing here. They, they have – I don't care what Matt Canada says to Jeff Hathorne. It was a great interview. Yeah. But I don't think they have any thought on keeping him on this football team. I hope not because we've seen it enough in the regular season that he can't get the job done. I would think other general managers would see that too. Even if they're trying to boost the trade value, Colin, and I think I'm falling into that camp too. We discussed it this morning on the Fan Morning Show with all the goofs that are associated with the Fan Morning Show. I think you're still taking valuable reps away then. Like if you're trying to boost his trade value, is the extra round draft pick that you would accrue, that you would, would garner there, is that worth Kenny Pickett getting fewer number two team reps? I don't think it is. I would just say, Mason, okay, you go out there, you'll get a couple reps here. You might be our backup if there's injury situation, but we're hoping to trade you. Hang tight. Okay, you get a six, you get a six. I think getting Kenny Pickett the reps is more important. Yeah, but it's also self-serving. I think they can I, – I agree with you totally, but they don't want him this early in the camp to be put in a situation where he looks bad because then they all look bad. They're going to wait until they know That's he'll true. look good with those reps. And Kenny Pickett apparently looked good with the second team reps better, at least, than he had before, which, hey, it makes sense. When you don't got Jake Dixon or whatever his name is blocking for you, I hope that I – mean, I mean, good luck to that young man. You're probably yeah, going to play a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, him or Dick Jackson, both of them. Yes. Yeah, certainly. whatever. Uh, we'll see you never again after this training camp, Mr. Dixon. No, but you know what? I, I like guys like that that fight everybody. But uh, anyway, more fun coming up next, I heard. Eh. Yeah, we got more fun. Next! Fourth down in the Steel City! Next! In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, episode four, segment three. We've got two, (laughs) two, Colin. Possible trade scenarios. Would you like me to lead with the more boring of the two? 
Can I ask you a question first? Okay. How many Pittsburgh Steelers games do you think Ben Roethlisberger will attend this year? He will attend the first game of the season, Colin, and then he will attend Kenny Pickett's first start. I think he won't go to any. Really? Yeah. No. You know what? He'll go to the one where they do the Hall of Bond. For Heath. Congratulations to Heath, by the way, for making the Hall of Honor. And Myron Cope and everybody else. But anyway, back to your... I was just chewing that around today. Like, well, we'll, because the cutaway will be Ben Roethlisberger in much like a Paterno cutout, I guess, in the the press box. If Ben is there, the shot is going to be on him. Correct. Like Ben to take the spotlight, but I don't know. It's not like Ben to go ahead and waste his time on a Sunday and go to a football game when he's done it his whole life. I was just thinking about that today. How many games do you think he'll go to? And I bet it's just the one where they all gather on like alumni weekend or whatever. I would think that there, well, I'll phrase it this way instead. There's nothing I want to see more than it's week nine. It's chilly. Kenny Pickett getting geared up for his first ever Steelers start. And the whole city, palpable buzz, Steelers on the edge of the playoff race. Kenny Pickett, can he be the guy? Not done before since Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. And there he is in the press box, camera fixated right on him, Ben Roethlisberger, who then speaks after the game and gives a full critique of young Kenny Pickett. Yeah, it complete with, well, you know, I, I was nervous, but I wasn't that nervous. And maybe Ben <laughs> after a couple of Jaeger bombs. Uh, anyhow, back to the trade scenario. Does he drink? I, I don't hang out with him. Uh, yeah, I had I, I, he drank like a champion one day. What? That's a great callback. The shirt. Yeah. What an ass. Anyway, the trade scenarios. Mm-hmm. Number one, Colin. Mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State. A lot of people wanted to see the Steelers take him last year in the first round instead of Najee Harris. He goes in round number two to the Chicago Bears. And he and the coach in Chicago are not seeing eye to eye, and he's on the trading block. I don't know what you would have to give up to acquire him, but I really liked him last year. He's an absolute mauler. That's my Mel Kuyper scouting report, Colin. A mauler. You just got to throw a few buzzwords. Straight up for Deontay Johnson. Would you do it? No, but I would do it if it's Tevin Jenkins in a – Third, Tevin Jenkins in a second. I would definitely do it. I think. I if the if Tevin Jenkins is having problems in Chicago, getting along with the coaching staff, I have to first investigate why that is. For sure. What's the problem there? Second of all, I would make the deal. I would do Deontay. I want to sign, re-sign Deontay Johnson. But now that the kicker is re-signed, I don't necessarily know where, excuse me, where all this money's coming from. I would do it for Deontay Johnson in a third. That's uh, that would break the internet. That would have Steelers Nation up in arms. Because here's the deal: like I've I've thought the last couple of days, all right, maybe the Steelers could trade Deontay Johnson, but you hadn't heard that there was a lot on the market, and you wonder. Do you really want to move Deontay for a draft pick because you've got an unproven in Pittsburgh quarterback in Mitch Trubisky or a rookie quarterback who's going to be playing this year, and you Mm -hmm. want to help that guy? And you want to help that guy by giving him targets. Well, 
You could also help that guy, though, now by the blocking. Uh, and I don't think for a second that Tevin Jenkins couldn't beat out Chuk Sakura for. We've heard good things out of Dan Moore Jr. this camp, but Tevin Jenkins could come in here conceivably and win that starting right tackle job and would then make the job easier on whomever the quarterback is. So you throw in a third-round pick, I'll consider it. You throw in a second, bang, sight unseen. Don't even tell me why it doesn't get along with the coach. Just give me the second, we're good. All right, second draft proposal, go. So the second one was I was going to do them. I was going to break them up separately here, Colin. I was going to say, would you try to trade for Tevin Jenkins, whatever it may cost? And then let's just say it's a different deal. Would you? I guess the answer is yes. You would try to move Deontay Johnson if you're not planning on resigning him. Obviously, I would try to trade Deontay Johnson if you're at an impasse and it's not going to get done. Here's the difference too: that it is. Omar Khan now being the general manager, it doesn't work through anybody else. That is to say, now it works through the Weidel brothers, and I get that. But in the past, now the first point of contact now is the man who's also the money guy. So it's not like it used to work where Kevin Colbert would say, all right, we got the football stuff all going on roster-wise. He's this, he's that, he's whatever. And that's squared away. Omar, we think we got him. He wants to be here. Now let's figure out the money. Omar Khan is like, the first point of contact and the money guy. So because of his past and because of what he's schooled in, I would think that they're probably working reverse. Hmm. Does the money work at all before we even get into hmm. him as the football player? And so if that bridge isn't crossed at all, then they don't go down to to the, the second avenue and all of that, which is the football player part. I don't know if that makes any sense what I just said, but Omar, you would think is so – so uh, deeply invested into simply first question, does the money work? And now with Boswell being signed, I don't know if the money works. It's if the money's going to at all work. And if they're not already, as it's August 1st, already at an impasse. It sounds like, so we talked to Jordan Schultz on the, uh, on the fan morning show today. He's an NFL insider. He reported all kinds of stuff, including Gronk's retirement. He thinks the Steelers are going to get something done with Deontay Johnson. Aditi Kinkabwala, now of CBS, she was on with the PM team, and she said that Deontay Johnson isn't looking for a massive deal in the $23, $24 million a season range, that he's actually just looking for guaranteed money in the first couple of years of the deal. He just wants a raise on what he's getting right now, which is something, Colin, that you hypothesized about uh, last week on the Fan Morning Show and right here on 4th Down in the Steel City. If he's not looking to break the bank and keep up with the wide receiver market, but instead he says, listen, I'll take a three-year deal. Kind of we just saw it happen with DK Metcalf. Right. Give me a th- Or Debo Samuel. Give me a three-year deal. Give me guaranteed money for a couple of those years. You don't got to pay me $23, $24 million a season. Now we're talking. If they can keep that money around 18, I think they can fit that in, obviously. And I, and I haven't wanted to pay him. I think I would do that then. And here's exactly. If if that is, in fact, his tack, and I don't doubt the people that are reporting it, what he's saying and what his agent is saying, and he's actually playing a bit of inside baseball within this football team, he's saying over the next three years, my guy will outplay the two rookies in Claypool. And then when you come to a decision where you need to pay somebody, He's going to catch that check in that next contract. Plus, inflation is going to happen. It'll be more money at that point. He would essentially, 
right. He would be betting on himself against Pickens, against uh, Austin, and against Claypool and say, the number one guy is going to come out the other side of this and get the most money from this deal. they got to pay a receiver at some point. They're not just going to keep drafting them. They're going to pay one of them at some point. So if that is his tactic, he says, all right, I'm willing to do it. I think I can outplay the two young guys. Because if he takes a three-year deal, everybody will be up at the same time. Colin, we were asked a question on Twitter that I have to get to now. I mean, time constraints here. Oh, yeah. Have you ever milked a cow? No, not even one of those. You know, you go on a tour of Turner or Coulter Yawn or whatever those places are. Um, uh, Marburger Dairy is another one. Uh, you, you go there and you're walking around and the cow, they, they give you, they take in this tour. And they're like, you know, we get up at 2.15 in the morning and the chickens and all these. And now we're into ostriches because that's a big thing in America or whatever, or emus. Um, and they walk you around, they show you and they say, who would like to milk a cow? And they put this tin bucket underneath and you hear it ping, ping, and you squeeze in the udders. Uh, I've watched it, but I've never touched an udder, a, a uh, bovine udder, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever gone cow tipping? No. Is that a real thing? I mean, is that? Uh, I, 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 I grew up in Sharpsburg. They don't have counts. We, the, you know, we, I mean, same thing. We, we, and I wouldn't if I could have. That's like, a, it, so, it seems to me like a very cruel thing to do to those poor cows. I've also never milked a cow. Thanks to Jamie on Twitter for the question there. The other question, this one from Mark, do you like double dates, Colin? No. Single dates are pressure enough. Double dates, no. No, no, no. No, no. I don't like dates. You know, I mean, I'm married. I didn't like dates when I was dating. And luckily, um, luckily, I kind of pulled ahead in the top of the third. I didn't have to really date for all that long. You know, I found what I was looking for pretty early. Strung together some hits, had a gapper, went up 3 nothing, and it was good. I kind of coasted home, got good play, uh, good pitching for the middle relief, and bang, Eckersley came in and closed it down. I didn't have, you know, some big, long, protracted sort of dating life. I found my wife pretty early. So that was good. Um, uh, dating sucks. Double dating's worse. It's all a charade. And uh, I, I don't know. I think you're destined to find the person you're destined to find or not find anyway. So there you are. I have had precious, very, very precious few amount of dates in my life. Yeah, um, me too. I mean, my wife and I, high school sweethearts, we broke up for a year in college. I yeah, went just on a, like... Kind of like uh, how those Amish do. They go out and uh, rim, rim sputin, whatever the hell it's called. What's that thing called? Rum springer, where they go out and sow their oats a little bit. Do you pull that maneuver, Crowley? I definitely did. Rim sputin <laughs> sounds like something you do not want to look up in the Kama Sutra. Rim, rim, rim I think rim sputin is right to the north of the bovine udder. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah very few, few dates i've gone on there was a year there where there was some fun but uh we weren't it wasn't much of a, a date thing so much as a alcohol and then bedroom kind of thing i've said too much all right last thing here colin from the peeps on twitter and i didn't write down the exact phrasing here but have you ever in your life watched every preseason snap and will you this year? Let me answer it first, because I 
I was doing for the last five years on the network, I was doing post game show the entire thing for all the preseason games. And even I didn't watch every single snap. Maybe you go outside, get a breath of fresh air. This year to me, though, it's different because every snap's going to matter because the only quarterbacks that are going to touch the ball are quarterbacks that now matter. So I'm watching every snap. Never done it before. I'm doing it this year. Mark it down. Okay, I have two answers to this. Uh, this I'll, I'll work backward. I actually talked to Bob Pompiani yesterday about this and said, the focus is on you. And now, because local broadcasts get picked up all over the place, everybody's got a different streaming service or this or that, or they can go to some website or fire stick. You're going to be all over the place. Biggest ratings KDK's ever had for preseason. I will watch because of the quarterbacks. And he agreed. He's like, this is gigantic. To answer your question, though, have I ever watched every preseason snap? Yes. And of all places, at the Paris Las Vegas Sportsbook, drunk. Here's the story. Um, It was this time of year. It was like 1st of August. I went on a trip with my wife. We go out there and we flew out. We got there like this time on a Saturday. It was one of those games where they were playing one of the usual suspects, Washington or Carolina or Buffalo. And they used to play Buffalo in the preseason or the Giants or someone. I walk into the Paris Las Vegas Sportsbook after I'd been drinking on the plane. After we drank, I drank champagne on the limo from the airport over to Paris Las Vegas. And of all things, I turn on the television because I figure, all right, I'm good. Like I'm going to be able to get the West Coast baseball game in a bet. And this was before. You could bet everybody could bet sports. Like you had to be at the sports book. Yeah. It wasn't on your phone. I walk in, they start turning the televisions. It's this time of year. Of all people, I just flown in from Pittsburgh on a Saturday. Bob Pompiani and freaking Edmund Nelson come on the television. I just up. flown across the country. Just flown across the country, trying to not get away from them, but it's like, holy hell. And it was like the one game that was on. So I went and I bet it and I'm sitting there and my wife was like, I'm going to go shopping or go somewhere. Go. She said somewhere to go. Said, see you later. And so I sat at the Paris Las Vegas sports book and it was, I think the one time I've ever watched every single snap because in pure degenerate form, and I'm not really, but I bet the total, I bet the over under on a preseason game and I watched pomp and Edmund Nelson and they still had the commercials like, Edmund Nelson was eating ribs and Pomp was talking about like, you know, Cochran and everything. And it, I'm in Vegas watching this. And it was like, I was in some warp. Like I'd been, I'd been lifted up and just sent there. It was very weird. So yeah, I can remember that time vividly kind of. Until you couldn't remember it. Yes. Yes. Well, Colin, Thursday is when the next podcast will be released as you have fun things planned this weekend. Maybe yep. I'll sleep this weekend, but Colin's got fun things planned, so we're going to record Thursday afternoon, so do check it out. Make sure that you are not only downloading, and I'm sure you have because you're listening to this right now, but like it on the social media, follow Fourth Down in the Steel City on Twitter, and make sure when you subscribe on your favorite podcast places, you are rating and reviewing And then guess what? You can unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate and review again. I'm only asking you to do that once. Just do it once. It boosts our numbers. I'm allowed to ask for this. Just do it because we tell you things, okay? We tell you things about the Steelers. Colin makes uh, bovine nipple jokes. 
and then almost says rim job. That's the kind of show we're trying to do here for you, okay? So Thursday, look out for it. Anything to add, Colin? No, not at all. Goodbye, listeners. Talk to Yins on Thursday.